It's time for a new evolution in raising golfers, one that doesn't involve headaches, tears, or heading down the path of unknown. Whether you're trying to introduce children to the game of golf, help them play competitively, or play at a collegiate level, you're in the right place. This show is for any parent, player, or coach who wants to build a better team at home and on the golf course. This is the Raising Golfers Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we got two special guests here on the podcast today. We've got Ryan Daly and Matt Reagan, co-founders of Operation 36. Tomorrow, based on this day of our recording, which is going to be October 25th, 2022, they have their new book, How to Create a Junior Golfer, releasing for all of us around the world. This is going to be a great episode with these two guys. These guys have been a great inspiration towards my professional career and coaching golf. And I know there's going to be a lot of things that you'll be able to take away from today's episode and their new book. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Raising Golfers podcast. we got two special guests here on the podcast today. I'm so excited to have these guys here. Um, both of you guys, you've been an inspiration to me and I think many coaches just around the entire world from what you guys have put together with Operation 36. And when I found out that you guys are putting a book together, I got really excited. So I'm really, really happy to have you guys here on the podcast to share some details about your guys' release that's going to be happening the day after this podcast is released on October 25th. So Matt, Ryan, welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having us, Travis. We're excited to be here. Excited to be here, Travis. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. You know, with Operation 36, I mean, I think you guys have really changed the game and just the general structure of how... Uh, us coaches present the game to students, whether it's junior golfers, ladies, men, just everybody, generally speaking, you know, with the structure it has, its format, the resources on the app. But I'm really curious, uh, Ryan, you know, why did you guys decide to put this book together? So this was, I think, Matt, correct me if I'm wrong, I think this was like a three-year project, Travis. We were trying to, yeah, yeah, we started and stopped multiple times, but it was our main intention was to create a resource for parents and to help parents because Matt and I are parents and we're always wondering, is our kid in the best church program and the best school and the best sports program? And we're always wondering, should they be in a different program? Should we move them to another program? We know parents of golfers feel the same way. And we wanted to, based on our experience and the 1400 coaches around the world that are using op 36 that have helped us, it was the time was right to create a resource or a book uh, that shared our beliefs um, on how to create a junior golfer, what to do, and probably more importantly, what not to do, like the lessons that Matt and I have learned over the years and the coaches. And this is really not like our book. It's the network's book. And mm-hmm. as coaches who use Op36, they can use this book as a resource to hand to parents that are in the program, not in the program, or as you mentioned off air, Travis, you can hand it to your coaching staff. Mm-hmm. And they can get a really good understanding of what's going on. I think the one insight that Matt and I had in the, most recently in the last six months that got this across the finish line is the book needed to be shorter. When we first wrote it, it was 400 pages. Oh, no way. And yeah. And we included everything we knew and everything we thought people wanted to read. But we got some great feedback that said, hey, make this a short form book. It's only 125 pages. You can read it in a couple hours and you can get the knowledge and understanding of what to look for in a beginner golf program and know what to do and what not to do. So that's kind of a little bit of an origin of why we wrote the book. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's, uh, I think a, a book, at least uh, correct me if I'm wrong, cause I haven't written one myself, but I feel like that's, it's quite a milestone to hit and achieve in life. 
And I know for sure, just speaking to others who have written their own books, it's not an easy task to do. And I think like you said, there, just condensing it down. I mean, you condense it down 300 pages from what its original number was. That's, you know, I think it's quite impressive. And, you know, I think, I think it's probably helped with clear, clarifying some of your guys' thoughts with the junior golf and the program just by writing these things down and putting into the book. And was there anything like along the way when you guys are writing this that kind of had some of those aha moments for you guys, even with your own programming? It, yeah, as we as we went through it, there was a lot that was, <laughs> there was a lot of things I had to pare down. So it was almost like, let's throw everything at the uh, wall that we've learned over the last uh, 10 years. And then um, from ourselves and running programs ourselves to coaches, and then trying to pare that down, that was probably the most unique thing was saying, like, what is the most important thing? Like, if this could only be 90 pages or 100 pages, what would what would we put in there? What would be the most relevant? And then also, how does it make how do you make it an easy read? Right. Where it doesn't feel like we're teaching a structure, but you're learning through narrative and you're learning through uh, the the experiences that we've had. So um and we kept it fairly simple to almost just put in a foundation and and what you're going to find, it, you know, and kind of the core beliefs of an Op 36 program and what the coaches around the country are doing. So um, what we found was there are like the foundational pieces that are in there, but uh, of, you know, how we get someone, you know, focused on playing the game and why that's important and then how to support them every step of the way. Um, but it, what we also found is like there's other layers that aren't as important right away. Um, but we kind of put the basics in there first. And then once you have this basic understanding, there's so much more you could layer on and learn later. And that's kind of how we're approaching it. We say, you know, that there maybe there's maybe there's room for another book later. Um, but the, just getting kind of the foundational pieces that we said, if we only wrote, wrote one book, what would be we want it to be an easy read. These would be the one uh, one things that stuck out. And this was this kind of where where we landed with uh, how to create a junior golfer. So. That's cool. Would you say that the format of the book, is it structured similar to how you guys structure Operation 36 or the structure of a junior golfer? The, so the, the format, like when we first started at Travis, we did do that. Mm-hmm. And then after having a list of 14 chapters, we had to figure out a way to to really figure out who our audience was. Like if you ask what the hardest part of writing the book was, it was trying to figure out who the audience is. Mm. Like, are we writing it to the player? Are we writing it to the parent? Are we writing it to the coach? Are we writing it to the GM or the golf course owner? And over and over again, it kept coming back that the segment that needs the most help are the parents. Right? They're blindfolded. We all are. When I put my daughter in gymnastics, I have no clue what's about to come. Like if there's a resource that I could have read that said getting your daughter into gymnastics or something, I would have read it in a heartbeat. And there might have been one and I couldn't find it. So Matt and I were trying to figure out how can we write this for a parent? How can we break it down so they'll be excited about reading it? And hopefully, mm-hmm. as you read through it, chapter one kind of hooked you a little bit. And it hooked you on our story and the mistakes that we've made and lessons that we've learned on like the thing we're known for is teaching golf backwards. <laughs> right? <laughs> like we teach from the green back to the tee. And we go over in the first section why we teach that way. And why all of our coaches believe that, and why it's so helpful, and why a parent should strongly consider finding a program that does that and not really consider any other way. Like that's the first section. Then the the second section goes into goal setting. Like the second thing we're known for is having the number 36, right? Like we set a standard for the students. And some people shy away from that. We lean into yeah. it. We want to set a standard for the students and the coaches to work together for and figure out how do I reach a goal. Because I think when Matt and I first started coaching, we were 
surprised at how hard it was for kids, particularly to set a goal. They'd never set a goal before. Mm. And I remember teaching for four years with Matt and we're like, gosh, these kids have no direction. Like they don't, they don't create it on their own. We need to create it for them. Mm -hmm. So immediately when we put 36 up there, (laughs) that put a target on our back as coaches to make sure that we were actually effective. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's interesting because like golf and probably anything like these kind of goals are so open-ended, right? Because with, you know, with golf, for example, like some kids will say, oh, I want to PJ, I want to be a PJ professional. I want to play on the PGA tour. And it's like, okay, so how do we get there? Like, what are we doing in between? Like you said, it's so hard for them to set. Like they have no idea. Right. And then like those small little steps and incremental steps, they have no idea. And I think like you said, they're just like, just throwing the number 36 out, I think is going to be huge for you guys. Uh, Sorry, for junior golfers to understand what the goal can be. And I think that's a good starting point with, you know, with parents, it's kind of an interesting one. Uh, I'm a parent as well. And I, I've gone through some of those things that you guys have gone through. And I'm sure I've got plenty of things to go through and hurdles to go through as a parent. But one thing I learned from you guys was with the Operation 36 program is having an upfront orientation. And I think that's really helped set the expectations with parents who've joined our program. And I wasn't doing this before. And that was kind of a good chance for me to set those expectations up front. I'm just curious before you guys wrote the book, like what other kinds of things did you guys do, whether it's conversations with parents or resources or things that you implemented with the parents of your academy to really help kind of get parents on the same level as where the junior golfers are and then also where you and your coaches are at? Yeah, from from getting parents aligned, we've learned pretty quickly when we were, you know, even when we started in 2010, uh, the idea was a long term program. We were trying to sell them into a plan where, we're, hey, you're going to come every single week and we're going to turn you into a golfer. And we learned how, you know, how challenging that was, because at first it sounded pretty easy. Like, let's just get them coming every single week. That was the first uh, barrier to get someone to come every week. You have to have a plan and you want to show them that you have a plan. And so you won't, you don't want to just say, hey, well, they're going to come every week and just trust us. You want to show that uh, here's what we're doing. Here's how we're going to measure success over time, just like any right. good program or business does. Right. Like this is what the objective is. Um, so the orientations on the front end were with parents. Like we, our first one we ever did was like two hours long just to try to show everything, all the research. It was like the book when we first wrote it, 400 pages (laughs) that we had to pare down. Right. But they got the 400, they got the 400 page orientation and we got three kids to sign up. You know, the other ones kind of (laughs) fell asleep, but it was, we, we were trying our best to show that we had a plan. I think when we look at the book now, one of the uh, neat things about the book is it really is kind of the orientation that we wish we had, mm. you know, that every parent would have coming in because we feel like um, there are coaches that have the time to do that and to get everybody aligned. And then there's coaches that are just so busy. It's like the idea of trying to do an orientation and take the time to really lay this out for families. Um, it kind of gets put on the the back burner. This book is kind of like, it is the orientation. It's the things we almost try to cover in that initial session that we go over. Cause what we've learned and I'm sure you've learned it, Travis, is if everyone's aligned on the front end with this plan and when you're trying to put a 10 year plan in place, right, you want people to commit, you're going to need commitment, Absolutely. right, to become a good golfer. But you want to know what's going to happen every step of the way. And so if you can lay that out ahead of time, it sets parents at ease, it sets the kid at ease, it sets the coach at ease because you're all working together as a team. But there needs to be a common goal and common plan, common framework or model that people can say, this is what we're leaning into and this is what's going to happen every step of the way. And that's really what the book is all about. It's about getting everybody aligned before the journey starts. And we are firm believers if we can do that, we have a way better chance of making 
uh, creating a golfer that's skilled and has, but the more importantly, we make it fun every step of the way, instead of being, you know, uh, we feel like there's a lot of, a lot of bad things that can happen if everyone, they're kind of feel like they're making it up as they go and they're not sure how to deal with every level, but we've done it long enough that we're so confident in it that works that you start to become a better coach and a better parent. And the junior has a lot more fun because everyone's way more patient with the journey. And that's the, but that was our hundred percent what we did. And we still advocate for everyone to do is to sit down, meet the family, develop a relationship and say, Hey, we're not putting in a short-term camp or clinic here. This is, I'd like to be a part of their, you know, I would like to be a part of their journey for a long time. And by the way, it takes a long time and it's going to be hard. It's going to be challenging and we're going to experience this together. And, um, but here's the model that we follow that we'll all work on together. You know, it just gets everybody on the same page. Yeah, I totally agree. And like we mentioned before the recording and also Ryan mentioned at the beginning, it's just, I think it'd also be an additional great resource for uh, golf coaches who have multiple coaches working with their Op 36 programs. Right. And again, just getting everybody on the same page. And that's one thing I really loved about the, the book. And just one thing, Travis, to support Matt on that, about having a plan. The one thing we didn't have at the beginning of this that everybody has access to now is what does this thing actually look mm. like? Like when we started in 2010, 2011, we had no clue what improving at golf looked like in terms of how long it takes, the scores and the journey that it takes. And we were going at it blindfolded and we couldn't find anybody that could share that with us. And the reason being is nobody had a standardized playing component. I would totally agree. So now, like if somebody opens a book and goes to section three on the parents, Matt and I share with the parents what the journey is about to be before they even start. Mm. So they know what's going to happen. And more importantly for us as dads, we know what potentially is about to happen and we'll lay back most of the time or, or we we hope that they lay back most of the time because they understand that the journey takes a while and they're going to have high scores. They're going to have low scores. It takes reps to get better. Um, I think we're starting to change the industry to an understanding that it's, it's okay to have a goal and not, and not reach it because that's when you learn and you figure out how to get better. And the, it does hold their coaches accountable for actually being effective. I totally agree. Yeah. It's interesting too. You know, I think, um, just thinking about the, the goal of shooting 36 and starting the players close to the hole. And if we're speaking in the perspective of a junior golfer, you know, I think a lot of times, and I'm sure you guys have heard this over the years and I've heard it just in the short period of time I've been doing operation 36, but like you'll get a big majority of parents. I'll say, man, why didn't I think of this? Or why didn't I, why I wish I would have learned golf this way. And then you'll get a small percentage that maybe don't quite understand why they don't start further back until they go out and actually go do a nine hole event with their junior golfer. And then I think it's a big aha moment as well. And so I think what's great about, you know, you know, having the expectations set up front, plus being able to back it up with once they're in the program and actually be out in the golf course, I think it really helps combine everybody and get everybody on the same page. And, you know, that's one thing I love about just the whole program itself and, and getting the players out in the golf course. So uh, I'm curious, guys, I read through the whole book, uh, I had the luxury of getting a copy of the book and um, going through it, thoroughly enjoyed it. But I'm curious from your guys' perspective, what's your favorite part of the book? Favorite part of the book are the stories in the, at the end of each chapter. So what Matt and I did is to try to reinforce the theme of the chapter. The coaches of Op36 around the world submitted some stories, some real life stories of kids and uh, it's inspiring, motivating to read those. I almost think like 
parents who get, grab a copy of the book, if the only thing you do is sit your kid on the couch and read a story with them every night of Eli out in California or Evan in New York or Joseph in you know, the United Kingdom, you can get really inspired to see, oh, wow, this kid's in the same situation as me. He's kind of a smaller kid. He doesn't like football or baseball. He struggled from 50 yards and he tried it 12 times and he persevered and there's just some cool stories in there that I think a lot of kids can relate to um, better than maybe a coach just telling them that versus, hey, go read this story about this kid in California. He's in the same situation as you. Yeah. I would, uh, Matt, I'm curious to hear your uh, if you have the same uh, thoughts as far as your favorite section in the book as well, or if you had a different one. And then I'll share mine as well afterwards. Yeah, I think, I think for me, uh, honestly, it's... Uh, the most rewarding part of the book is kind of, and it, I hate to say like, uh, like how the macro perspective of the book, right? Because I, I, as I was reading it, you know, going back and I've reread it a couple times, right? Of how everything kind of cut, has came together. Um, I think it makes a compelling argument for why golf should be a, a sport uh, that uh, parents should, should look at differently, maybe. Uh, we always question why isn't golf the number one sport in the world? You know, mm. we always say that internally at Op 36 and you know, internally it's kind of our battle to make that happen. And I think there's so many lessons that can be learned um, when they say it teaches life lessons. And I, I love how we open the book, right. Of like why golf uh, versus other sports. And I don't want to pair it to other sports. Kids should always play other sports, but I think golf gets a bad rap sometimes of it's uh you know it's exclusive and it's this and i just think i like the i like the way we open it and set the foundation of maybe making it compelling for a parent to think differently about golf and the lessons it will learn because the lessons are learned through playing golf right and we're the program where you go and you actually play golf and we set goals if you set goals and you play golf all the other things in the life lessons if you sit back and watch the learning environment takes care of itself and i hope that's what people get across in the book is it's all about it's less about there's nothing in there really about the technical skills. I think that people think they're going to learn about technical skills. It's all about the environment we're building. And the thing that we alluded to, I think that makes a lot of sense to folks is just you would never put anybody in a school where there's no curriculum, right? Like if you had a choice between this school or this school, you would ask and you would want to see that they have systems. And my daughter just started kindergarten. I had no clue the amount of level of effort that these teachers put into having like the incredible structure from walking her to dropping her off to having the person at the door to having this and the security and the, they walk to their class and the way that it's structured. And now they can, they actually use an app mm -hmm. where I can see what they're doing mm -hmm. in the classroom, very similar to op 36. So I had no clue that all that happened. And I'm like watching this happen. I'm like, this is like, I, I feel, I remember how I went through school. Right. And so like my perception is completely changed, but I feel really good about where we're at. And I've also been to other schools that I've taught and I go, they're not anywhere near this level, you know, of where they were uh, years ago. So it's just, I hope, I guess that's my biggest part of the book. that I think I like the most is uh, the message came out where I think it's a compelling, uh, a potential compelling uh, reason for a parent to maybe think golf if they've never thought of it or even if they don't play it themselves. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think you guys hit two points for me as far as that stood out from, you know, being a reader of the book. Uh, Ryan, going back to you saying the hook, right? And that's basically exactly what Matt was just talking about. Like the opening paragraph in the book, it really caught my attention. And one of the reasons it resonated with me when I was a kid going through sports and and eventually why I stepped away from some other sports and gravitated more towards the game of golf. I, th I think I just couldn't put it in words. And you guys did that right here, which is great. 
And, and then the second thing would be is, you know, with my favorite part of the book is also those stories, because I think as um, an Operation 36 coach, I read those stories and it just like, it's like, bang, I can think of so many students that have got in our program or parents who have had to um, see those hurdles and the ups and downs of the process of not necessarily passing their division the first time. And those kinds of stories, it's kind of great to hear because it's like, well, it's not just me, right? Or it's not just this student. And it's a good realization, I think, for parents to understand, for coaches to understand. And then if a player could read those stories, like you mentioned, Ryan, I think it would be awesome as well, because I think that'll help put us all at ease. And then again, going back, like we're all on the same page again. So the, those are kind of the, the two things that stood out for me as well. And I really enjoyed the stories and and that hook that you guys got got me on in the very start of the book, which is awesome. Maybe, Travis, there's a play in the future of, of posting more stories somewhere else just because they've been so popular. Like, it's not like we're trying to we're not in the decoding stage of figuring out what the journey is. We know what it is now. We just need to find the stories of the students that have experienced and broadcast and tell their story. So your daughter in California who thinks she's the only one that has struggled at a hundred yards can look and read and go, gosh, there's thousands of other kids around the world, thousands now, probably mm -hmm. tens of thousands that are in the same exact boat. And what did they do to overcome this obstacle? And as Matt and I do more and more research on like sports and, golf and why golf why we love golf so much is that it actually teaches through the rules of the game and playing the game on the course how to overcome obstacles yep right? absolutely like most of our kids are sheltered from this in this day and age they're sheltered from overcoming obstacles but mm -hmm. golf hits you right in the mouth and when we put 36 out there it says all right this is what we're reaching for you may not do it the first time but we as a coach as matt made mention of which is very good the environment this environment is here to support you encourage you and teach you how to overcome these obstacles that you're going to experience the rest of your life. Absolutely. Yeah. You guys have probably seen it uh, many more times than I have, but you'll, you'll get students that will come in and they're very confident they're going to pass division one the first time. And then they don't. Right. But <laughs> what I do see more often than not is actually it motivates them more to then come back out and do the nine hole challenge again, or go and practice some of those areas, chipping and putting, for example, and uh, I've seen a lot more motivation come out of that, what's called a, um, I guess, a mini failure in their eyes because they didn't shoot 36, yep. but it motivates them to go and practice and, you know, overcome that hurdle. And then they get to 50 yards and it's a whole nother challenge, right? Uh, I always tell people, you know, I, I, I think you guys use different words as well, but, you know, Operation 36 to me kind of gives the FOMO effect, like the fear of missing out. And it's like, man, if I miss that nine hole challenge, I'm not going to get another try at 50 yards. And I really want to pass 50 yards. And <laughs> I think that's just a big motivator and, and just built into the system you guys have created, which is really cool. There's a lot of research done in the, uh, the gamification side, the motivation side, how to make it fun every step away, the research of fun. We, we pared it down to the most important kind of understanding challenge point in the book, right? And how we just challenge someone above their ability. But some people look, you know, as, as simple as it looks on the surface of the program and how we're challenging them on a macro perspective and a micro perspective, you're 100% right. What it does is create a little narrative in their, in their brain. And that's what we want. We want a little narrative going on in there is like, they just had to lead the course doing something that they were so close. They felt like they had the resources to do it. They felt supported by their coach. They felt supported by their parent, but they didn't achieve something. So they have to walk away. And now right. we have time to sit at home and you're playing a video game or you're playing with your friends and you're like, oh, it's like an open story loop in your head, right? I need to go get this thing done. <laughs> and the, so at the core of what we do, we could go all the way that deep 
we cut a lot of that out because it's for it was it was a lot of pages that weren't as relevant. <laughs> but you're you're a hundred percent right. So like what you're seeing is the simple uh, that what I love about this book is it just simplifies those things down so people have a basic understanding of what's really going on here. And it's so much less about the technicality of golf and so much more about we need to get very serious about the environments that we're putting students into when they start golf. Well, we wrote an article and I got wasted by it um, uh, where we said we believe every golf facility shouldn't be introducing golfers to the game unless they take it serious and they have a plan and they're they're you know and and you know everyone said you know well anybody who's doing anything to introduce someone I said I agree but like let's all we should all align on how we're going to do it and make sure that we're doing the best we can at that facility to have a long-term plan and to stop thinking short-term because we're doing everyone a disservice if we tell them they just need five lessons and they're going to become a golfer for the rest of their life it's a lifelong mm-hmm. journey. We would never expect to put a kid in school and then they'd be ready for college next week, right? It's just, we all are under this assumption in golf that everything's a quick fix and we want to do things fast and it never works that way. I mean, heck, I was trying to hit golf balls two days ago and I just completely lost my swing and that's that's golf in a nutshell. It's like the most frustrating thing in the yep. world, but it always keeps you coming back. <laughs> and then today I'll probably Absolutely. be ripping it again, you know? So yeah, so that's there's, there's a lot of... <laughs> It's it's amazing what golf can teach anyone, and it's more or less the more I see it, the more I believe. You know, obviously I'm very uh, uh, <laughs> uh, a little bit uh, too close to golf, but I'm I'm such a believer that you know I want my kids to play it. I don't care if it's competitively, but it's just it teaches them so many things without anyone having to say anything to them that are gonna just take with them the rest of their life. And uh, I think Ryan nailed it. It's, it's it's overcoming obstacles and opening these story loops of success. And that's what we want. We want these people to feel empowered when they come out because they feel like they can tackle anything because they've seen these small achievable goals. And that develops character over time that's going to translate into every area of a kid's life. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, a couple of things that stood out to me in the book were the sections of finding the right challenge and then how to keep junior golfers motivated. And you know, the second one, there's quite a big one for me because, you know, we'll get parents that will come or grandparents or family members that will come and say, you know, Billy already really likes golf. And, you know, my follow up is, is that, you know, you know, we have to make sure that we keep him motivated long term, right? Because I've seen other Billy's that like golf now, but if we do the wrong things or take the wrong steps going forward, Billy's not going to like golf any longer. So what are some things that you would uh, give advice to for parents or coaches? It could be within classes or just practice on their own time of other ways to keep them motivated along the journey. I mean, I would say the main thing that we go back to is our biggest lesson that we ever learned, which was actually getting them on the golf course. Like when we prevented them from going on the golf course and we just did games on the range and had a great time, right? We played music, we kicked soccer balls and threw footballs and it was a lot of fun, but we prevented them from understanding the why or the main reason that they were there, which was to learn how to play the game of golf. And there's things that you can learn on the course that we can't teach on the driving range right? Like just the basics of hitting a shot in your mind going, was that good? Was that bad? Could I do better the next time? And just that little story loop in your head does amazing for motivation because then the kid goes, I have another chance on the next hole and I'm 25 yards away. I'm going to try a different club. And then on the next hole, I'm going to try a different club. And then when they get done with the round and they shoot, I think the average score for a first attempt for 25 yards might be 48. They get done and they're like, I can shoot a 47 next time. 
and there's a coach there like you, Travis, or somebody who's mm. encouraging that says, you can do this. You can get one stroke better. Let's look at your scorecard. Let's see what happened and how you can get better. And then they go practice and get a little bit better. And then they go out and shoot a better score. That quick triangle of first score, practice, second score, when they see progress, you you and I can't do that on the range. Like Matt and I mm. can't teach that in a game on the driving range where we're throwing footballs or having fun. So to keep somebody, it's kind of weird to say this after all these years, but to motivate somebody in the game of golf, you got to get them to play the game of golf and you got to get them to play consistently, often, and from a yardage that they can handle. Or as Matt and I say, play on the course that's appropriate for your skill. Like you and I going out, if uh, a great way to think about this is like a, a young kid who's getting ready to play baseball, like in T-ball, the field of play is a little bit smaller. It's 100 feet maybe to the to the back. Each base is 20 feet. But if you put them on a major league field, they're going to get frustrated. So when we take these kids and we put them on a major league field or a PGA Tour course, which is the back tees, understandably they're going to get frustrated. So why don't we start them close enough where they can have success? And then that success and motivation breeds into them coming back to Matt's class and going, Coach, I had a great time, but my goodness, I need to work on my putting. And then that's when the student's curious. Coach Matt can go in and start helping with their putting, and then they go back out and test it again. And it's this constant play, train, play, train. The more times you can do that cycle over and over again, um, the more the better chance we have of success with the student and keeping them motivated. Because as a coach, like us trying to motivate them and Newt Rockney them and get them all excited, like at some point they have to take over and be motivated themselves to do it. Mm. And that's where the environment comes in and the magic happens. I agree. There's two points I'd like to actually say is your analogy with baseball uh, resonates with me. I remember going from the little league field to then, I think it's between like ages 12 and 13. You then jump up to like the full size, like 90 foot bases. Right. And I was a shortstop at the time. And I would like to think I was a very good shortstop at the age of 12 and then I remember going to the tryouts when I was 13 and trying to throw the ball from then where shortstop was to first base. I remember how frustrated I was because I couldn't hit the first baseman because it was a completely different throw that I had not trained for or practiced for. And I remember my tryouts was just terrible. And um, ironically, only about a year and a half after that, I stopped playing baseball. So I've never thought of, I'm just speaking out loud. I haven't thought about this until you said that, but I'm really remembering this situation. So it's quite interesting. Maybe more sports need to um, introduce a system like operation 36. <laughs> that, that was very interesting. I mean, Matt and I have a great story on that. Like when we started out, I mean, Matt can tell it just as well as I can. We didn't know what we were doing on the course. So we actually let the kids choose what yardage they think they could beat 36 from. So think about that for a second about how that's going to go. Over. <laughs> yeah, they're going to choose probably for the back, right? Right. So some of them choose 100, some of them choose 150. That's too big of a course for them. And right. they come back, they shot 55, they were upset, they didn't think golf was good enough for them, and we had to backpedal. Fortunately, we figured out a better way to do it and pass it on to other folks, but finding the correct course size or field size for somebody, like your 5-year-old daughter, you're not going to put it at a 10-foot rim. Mm in basketball you're just not you're going to put them on an eight foot rim and she's going to experience success and then she's going to get a little bit better And when she gets a little bit older she goes to a nine foot rim a ten foot rim and a bigger basketball like other sports kind of do this golf just it wasn't tradition mm. 
Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I completely agree. The the only additions I would say to the to the motivation side of this are uh, number one, motivation is going to change over time, and you have to be ready for that. And it, that's exactly why we developed the junior golf development tracks as a part of the program because you have to understand like when a first when a person's first starting, what's going to be fun for them is going to transition over time, and we cover some of that in the book and go into more depth. Because it's it's uh, if we're thinking long term, we can't just always think that, you know, um, it, when you first start, uh, let's say, for example, it could like actually stress someone out that they had to shoot 36 if we keep them focused on that. So we do our best in the curriculum to say, hey, you know, we're just going to try to get one stroke better. And when they do hit that 36 or the first time from level one and go on to level two, they have a sense of motivation that builds. But they're also a lot of those folks are just having fun in the classes. That's why we train in groups. That's why we're hanging out with friends. That's why they we show that there's people around the country that are doing this with them, right? We feel a part of a pack, a community that are all learning the same way together. That keeps it motivating. So there's layers to this that we have to build around the environment that are going to make it fun and motivating. Doesn't mean that you're not going to sense frustration. Um, I think that that's that's uh, you're going to experience that, right? When you don't accomplish something you're trying to accomplish and it's set in there, frustration is going to happen. But over time, what you've seen, I've seen it with so many players where they used to get frustrated when they were younger. And by the time they get to level three, one, they can play a full tee box if they wanted to, right? They don't have to sit there and do op 36 as a format, right? Uh, that's number one. And number two, it starts to become different. But we have, because it's long-term and you've seen these players go through, it goes from recreational. Some want to just stay on this recreation track. They don't care about competition. They just love playing golf. Maybe they love scramble. So they graduate into a PGA Junior League program, right? But they're competent enough to go play golf and play a scramble as a team. There's also ones that are like from the beginning and you meet them, you meet the students that are like, all they care about is winning. These are your competitors, right? Even at a young age and you start to see that's a part of the, who they are and they want to win at all cause out like every kid that I've ever seen actually make it to college had this little chip where they're like, I love winning. Right. Or they have incredible mm -hmm. work ethic and deep down, even if they don't seem like someone is going to put your, their foot on your throat. Right. There's, there's someone who really loves working and just kind of keeps it under wraps, you know, and, so everyone needs to have a track that they can go off on. And that's what we're talking about when building a whole environment for a golfer. We have to know where they're at. We also need to give them choices and we got to let them know. But you almost have to paint this vision. You have to paint this narrative for them of what's going to happen of, hey, you know, here's John. You know, John went to play in college golf. And then there's going to be one kid that's sitting there and says, that's amazing. I want to go do that. And you take them to a college tournament, totally. right? So all of this is motivation, right? And motivation is going to change over time. And parents are going to, sometimes your kids aren't going to want to do golf for a semester and then they're going to want it back. And that's okay because we have so many years and it's going to take so much mm -hmm. time and they're still developing, you know, so that's, I think that's a big part of the book too. It's just, if we can get everyone to look at it from a long-term perspective, you're going to understand that, and you're going to understand that your child motivation changes over time. You're going to be okay when they say, I don't want to do golf for a semester, right? Or I want to, I'm going to go focus on something else. It'll come back because I've seen it happen with players of my own that I coached that left and came back and are now playing college golf. Right? I, this is all very normal and part of the process. And so many parents get wrapped up and I invested all this money in this and you're quitting. It's not that, you know, it's, it's, there's different levels of money. Once you understand it, you're so much more free about it. And then because you're not making the decision for the kid or installing your own thoughts and you're letting the kids make their own choices um, and, and guiding them, 
then the kid will come back, right? And that that's a huge part of understanding motivation and, and it's it's giving them people choices. It's giving them a plan where they feel confident and they have the resources to do what they do. And they're hanging out with people every step of the way that they like, know, trust, and they feel a part of a packet community. Those three things keep everyone motivated and that's the environment we're trying to build. I like that. Yeah, I totally agree. I think the environment plays a huge role and the, you guys mentioned also just the on-course section of it. I mean, I mean, how many times have you told the kids, hey, we're going on the course today? And the kids are like, yeah, you know, we've had in our summer camps and our up 36 classes. I have an add on class where it's an all on course class. It's been full since the time we've actually introduced it to our academy. And now we have uh, we've talked about this on the Mighty Networks where I, I've introduced the ABC group. We're having three different groups in, in one session. So every single class, we have at least one group of kids out on the golf course. And every time they find out it's their rotation to get on the golf course, they're just stoked and love getting That's out awesome. there. So couldn't agree more with everything you guys said there. You know, tying this back to the book, you, you know, what what do you guys hope the, the book does for parents, coaches and the golf industry itself? Well, I think for parents, first and foremost, it's, it's a nice resource that they can read to prepare them for what's about to happen. I think that's the message that we've been trying to resonate over and over on this is like, just do a little bit of research on the front end, a couple hours. I don't know how long it took you to read it, Travis, but I think somebody can read it in a few hours. Mm -hmm. Get the knowledge and understanding of what to do and pay, and more importantly, what not to do. And then you can have a really informed discussion with your future coach. And you can quickly say, this is the right program and environment for my kid, or no, it's not. I'm going to go down the street because none of us want that pain of regret in the future that they should have tried a different program because we don't get a second chance with our kids, right? I think yeah. TPI said it best. They said, your kid is only eight once. They're only nine once. They're only 10 once. And I remember when I heard that in a seminar, I was like, that hit me in the face. I was like, holy smokes, that's right. We only get one chance. So mm -hmm. this is our attempt through 12 years of experience, having 1400 coaches around the world, using op 36 to write a resource based on that to help a parent on the front end for coaches. Our hope is that they read this and go, wow, this is very different than what I've been trained to do. This is very different than what has traditionally been taught at the golf course. I might want to look into this a little bit more to see if I want to add this to my coaching program. And maybe they do, maybe they don't. And if they want to, there's a full, that's what we do at operation 36. We train coaches and give them the knowledge and understanding and tools. We haven't really talked about the app much and the tools to teach and coach to be very, very successful and not spend all your time on admin. So if a coach, and then the, the industry, we just want to challenge the industry's traditionally held beliefs on how to start the game. Like it shouldn't be frustrating. It shouldn't start at the tee box and make a 12 on the first hole. Like maybe the industry after this book gets out and we have a little bit bigger dent in the industry, maybe more folks will adopt this method, this philosophy, this system, and who knows? Masters champion in 2040 might have started the game in Operation 36. That'd be cool. That'd be kind of cool. That'd be really cool. Yeah. I mean, the system works, right? Operation 36 works, and uh, I can attest to it as a golf coach in the program and the network, and I'm sure looking at your 650 plus facilities around the world who have signed up for your guys' program, it's a proven track record that this this model of how to create a junior golfer it works right and and i'm saying this out loud and i'm sure you guys can scream for the top of the building louder than i can about how the system does work and i think how you guys can find it here into the book it's just fantastic i think it's a really good read and i highly recommend it for anybody who's listening to go out and get it 
and we'll make sure that we do share um, uh, in a moment here some of the links on how to find it. But before we do and we let you guys go, yeah, I'm curious from you guys, you know, what's the biggest lessons that you've learned since starting coaching golf in the golf industry here? That's a great question. We, I guess the way I look at it is I go back to where when I started in my beliefs on where I started of how to coach juniors and how challenging it, it was to where I am now and what I wish I would have known then. Um, I think number one is uh, clearly having a plan when you bring a junior in to really that say, hey, here's what we're getting into. This is the plan for the program. Setting expectations ahead of time and having a model, a plan and a long term vision to kind of put open that story loop for a junior is probably to me the most important thing. Because what that ends up doing is setting a foundation for you to develop that golfer and for you to have a common kind of model or framework and discussion with you, the parent and the, the junior. Without having that, I feel like when we didn't have that, then everything I was doing when I people would just drop their kid off for a clinic, didn't know the mom or dad, didn't develop a relationship with them. I would never I knew I was never gonna see that kid again. The kid didn't wasn't really hooked on golf because they they just thought dropping me off and playing on the putting green and me trying to teach them something because they had no purpose because they never went and played the game of golf, which comes to number two, right? You have to, you cannot shy away from getting someone <laughs> to play the game. It should be the first thing that they do. And if uh, you set a model, you show them a plan and then you get them playing the game. Now, when you coach them, you actually have a purpose. You feel like you have a purpose. And then you start to realize that it's way less about, um, that you, if you coach for five years, you realize that you, you've had some students that technically you did everything right. You went up to them and you gave them so much technical knowledge and you showed them all these little things. And in, in reality, you know, you can you can spread that and space that information over time. But just your job as a coach is to build this environment that isn't fun and motivating, build activities on a micro level that they can do and then be able to inject little things when needed. Um, and you'll you'll get way less stressed as a coach uh, because you understand that the environment really your job is to build the environment that they're doing. And you're doing that by putting the tea times on the calendar for them. You're doing that by putting the class time on the calendar for them and setting this all up that it, it takes leaders to do that and to communicate with the families and to develop relationships with friends. So that's there's a whole other side to it. The way I see it differently now is just making sure that the, you you're building that and you're less focused on, I need to make this person so good right now. And technically it's like private lesson, you know, it's like that private lesson mindset. Like I need to technically get this person better. It's way less about that way more about, I know I said the environment a thousand times today, but it really is. And it's, and it once, once you've been there 10 years and you've seen <laughs> people develop, you really believe in it. But when you're first starting as a coach, you don't believe in it. So you feel like you have to do a lot, right? Where if you're, if your mindset going is, I, my job is to build this and make it fun every step of the way. I'm going to retain these people. They're going to play golf. They're going to get better, regardless of if I told them anything on how to get better. It's just going to happen because of the repetitions. Mm -hmm. It's going to, the environment's going to craft them and make them ask questions at the right time. Like it all, it all just kind of comes together. It's, it's really, really interesting. I don't I hope that makes sense. Oh, it does. I mean, it does for me, uh, you know, because I see it in and out and I, I preach the environment all the time to our, you know, family members that come into the program and how important that is. And there's, like you said, there's words that we can't even say that still the environment can extract out of these students. 
and help them with their development over long-term periods. And it's just, it's, it's fun to see. It really is cool, but we have to be able to have an environment for them and be able to put that together. And I think if we facilitate that as coaches or adults around the children, I think that's a really, really, really important thing. That's for sure. All right, guys, it's been fantastic having you here on the podcast. And, you know, I certainly learn something from you guys every time I have a chance to either listen into you guys or connect on a webinar or a podcast with you guys. So it's always truly enjoyable for me. Um, before I do let you go, though, uh, if you if, if you're a parent listening, where could a parent find out more about Operation 36 and if there's a program near them? Yeah, if you visit Operation36.golf, uh, you can go to our website, just search Operation 36 on uh, Google. You'll find our site and you, there's a big orange button on multiple pages that says find a program location and you can find a local pro that's near you that's uh, using the Operation 36 model and they have programs available. Um, and if you have somebody who's uh, maybe your local pro who isn't using it yet, there we that's exactly what we do is train and help professionals install the program at their club. And uh, that's what our team is here to do is to help golf pros uh, install these environments and get these up and running for parents and families. So we'd be happy to introduce it to your pro. And if you're a parent listening to, to the episode as well, and you've, you've purchased a copy of the book, but you've realized there's no program near you, any suggestions of what they could you do? Can hand the, hand the, uh, hand the book to the pro <laughs> at your club. So they can also, um, <laughs> no, they, uh, if they go to a map that's near them, there's also a little spot at the bottom that says no location near you. Those come to us and we'll look up your local location and get back in touch with you. And we'll reach out to the pro for you. So that's a part of our system and process we have in place. Oh, cool. That's awesome. That's great. And now we've been talking about the book this entire time. Where can listeners purchase the book? Sure. They can simply go on Amazon, type in the search bar, how to create a junior golfer. They can pick up a copy and we would love to hear from you. Snap a picture, tag it on social media, write us a DM on Facebook or Instagram. We'd love to hear what you learned about the the whole process of creating a junior golfer. And it's super helpful and motivating for Matt and I when we see those comments come in about how maybe one of the stories was motivating and inspiring for your child or your daughter or your son. So would love to hear from the readers. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the read myself. I can't wait to share it with my coaches and also the parents and, and players within our academy. And um, I highly recommend anybody listen to this episode and anybody out there. And I'll be make sure I'll be sharing this book with everybody as well. I'll have those links into the show notes. And guys, you know, again, thank you so much for taking the time to come out on the podcast. Always enjoyable, as I mentioned, and look forward to having you guys back on the podcast here again soon. Thanks, Travis. Thanks, Travis. Appreciate it.